Hi there, I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 on Learning, sponsored by Stride. Bullying can affect everyone, those who are bullied, those who bully, and those who witness bullying. Bullying can happen in schools, at the office, and even sometimes, sadly, within the home. Throughout October, you may have seen an extra push in communities throughout the country to unite, prevent, and help resolve the situation of bullying. While October may be anti-bullying month, the need extends to every day of every month all year long. Parents, school staff, workplace management, and other adults in the community must understand how to prevent bullying by talking about it, building a safe environment, and creating a community-wide prevention strategy. It's no secret that many families choose an online school to remove the environment where a child may be suffering. Today, I want to share with you some voices of students, parents, and teachers who see this happening and how their ideas may help you learn how to make the environment around you a safe and kinder place. Welcome to Whitney Cress and Jackie Snyder to the podcast today. Whitney Cress, will you give us a little bit about your background and why this is a passionate topic for you? Yes, I'm Whitney. I'm an elementary school counselor. I've counseled elementary and middle school age students in my past. Gosh, bullying is a tough subject, and I've seen many kids just feel so defeated in their confidence and esteem, just being beaten down from how they've been treated, and it's really hard to see, so I'm definitely passionate about getting kids to being their best selves and not letting those things get to them and further preventing bullying. Thank you, and thanks for joining us. Jackie Snyder, welcome. Could you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, thank you. So I'm currently a middle school counselor at Insight PA Cyber Charter School. I was our elementary counselor for years. And prior to coming to online school, I worked in traditional brick and mortar schools with elementary all the way up to high school and a few different alternative schools, which were really small settings. So I have seen bullying across all of these platforms. I've seen it happen with the large group of students in the larger schools, and I've seen it on a smaller scale in those smaller schools that I worked at and really got to know the students that were impacted by bullying, whether they were the bully themselves or even just a witness to the bullying. So I definitely think there's a need for our students to know what to do if they find themselves in one of these situations. So I care about it a lot because I care about our students and it's definitely, unfortunately, prevalent, more common than we think sometimes. So happy to help. Thank you for that. It is a topic that touches almost every life. Can you tell us what you're seeing in your schools today? I'm not sure if you have seen the same in Pennsylvania as North Carolina, Jackie, but just coming from brick and mortar to virtual, the amount of bullying I see is significantly less. Yes. Because of we're able to monitor so much of the children's interactions and their parents control their environment at home much more. We're not seeing all the stuff in like the hallways or the recess and, you know, the bathrooms like you would in a brick and mortar school with a school bus, you know, all those common places bullying would happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's a great point not to forget that when some of our students return back to brick and mortar, that the bullying doesn't, just because they weren't having that at home doesn't mean it's not going to be there when they return. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that at our school, things slow down a little bit when you're in online learning. It's not the hustle and bustle of 
getting up, getting ready, going to school, getting shuffled from class to class. I've noticed that it seems like our students have some time to reflect. And when we do things like Bullying Prevention Month, we're hearing a lot of stories of things that have happened to these students in the past. And they're almost in a phase of healing now where they're finding other students to connect with that also experience that. We're hoping to run a survivors of bullying group at our school, a small group for students to join so that they can continue to make connections and realize that they're not alone. So it's just really interesting to see. I love hearing about student stories because there's a lot out there. I know the statistic is, you know, one in five students report being bullied, but I would guess that it's a lot higher than that. I don't think everyone reports. So it's definitely important. That's for sure. Within a week, I saw a smile back on her face. I saw the worry leave her. And then I saw the grades instantly come back to where they had always been. switched to online school, I was going to um, a really smaller school at the time. I was outed as a queer student while I was there. So a lot of definitely, I think, prejudice and kind of fear about having a queer student, which made the education environment really difficult. I just hated school at that point. I remember like she used to drop me off at school every day and I would just like cry because I didn't want to go in and finally she was like, we're not doing this anymore. But of course I had fears because you know at the time, You know, people always were like, you know, you're harming your child by doing that. They have to be with, you know, other children. But I don't think they understood that with K-12, there are situations that get the students together. And your classes were set up where you were with other students. And people didn't understand that. I didn't understand that at the time. Um, But once she did start the program, she just excelled. I could see that she was excited again to be back into what she loved. This is so funny because people don't expect you can learn how to socialize in online school, but I learned how to socialize in so much more of a positive way than I had learned in a traditional school. Um, And so I definitely grew kind of as an independent and more outgoing person. I really feel that it was a turning point if had we made it too late, I don't think she would be where she is now. Once she got into it and um, had the routine, I saw the old Brianna come back. Because we're talking about online schools, what is cyberbullying? I think the most important thing to know about cyberbullying is that it's very similar to bullying that you would see in person. When we talk about the four different types of bullying, we normally refer to physical bullying that is visible. You can see it happening. You can see the aftermath of it sometimes. But there's a lot of other bullying that happens in person and in the cyber world, like verbal bullying, sexual bullying, emotional bullying, which is very difficult to detect. And those are the types of things that we see online. So cyber bullying is very similar to the bullying that we see in person. It's just happening through electronic devices. So via phones and text messages, but also social media, as we know, is a huge area for this, just with the ability to be anonymous sometimes on those platforms. And also with gaming, there's a lot of games, especially with young students that are connected to the internet. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have always nice things to say. So it's just really important to know that it follows the same kind of trends as bullying that we see in person. It's just taking place online. Thank you for help with that definition. When we're talking about this, and we know our kids are online, and most of them participate in some social media, what can we do to help and prevent 
some of this kind of thing from entering our homes. That student having someone that is their designated trusted adult or a group of people that they feel like they can confide in and not be judged or feel embarrassed around, I think that is really the most important thing. And parents asking those tough questions of and monitoring as well, what kind of things that their child has access to and those key things of, are you able to talk to someone else or someone else able to talk to you? Are they able to tag you, post, send you stuff? And what kind of things are you seeing? And it's up to every parent with what they feel comfortable with their child doing independently and developmentally where their child is at to be able to do that. But having those conversations early on certainly, certainly helps. And then as they get older and gain more independence with being able to be on some of these apps or social media sites on their own, that they're going to someone when they feel uncomfortable or something just doesn't feel right to them and they're treated in a certain way or see someone else being treated in a certain way. Thank you, Whitney. What does a parent look for when their student might be bullied? There are quite a few different things to look for. I definitely think what Whitney said about just opening up the lines of communication with your student is huge and also educating them on what bullying looks like. I think sometimes our students don't know that what they're experiencing is wrong or they or is undeserved. So it, it's important to educate them that, you know, what is appropriate, role model that behavior, respectful interactions with your child. I would say the biggest red flag for parents to look for is just a change in behavior. If you notice that they are upset and you're, you can't quite find the root of the reason why, like you would do with any problem with your child. You just want to try to investigate, ask them questions, have that foundation of open communication already there, but definitely a change in behavior. I know with our students at school, if something is bothering them and I can trace it back to bullying, they will talk about what it is quite a bit if you just listen to them and ask. I have students that talk a lot about their online games. And then once I ask a few questions about who they're playing with and Are there friends on the games with them? Are they friends that they know in real life? Then we start to hear that maybe some mean things or just they witness something that they don't feel is right. But really, it just comes from interacting, talking and gathering information from your child or your student. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I would definitely say parent intuition is so true and real. And you may notice the change that no one else does in your child. And I would definitely pay attention to that. You know your child best if you notice they're staying in their room more than they usually do, or just secluding themselves, talk, less talkative, just those slight things I would pay attention to and be honest with your child. And just having the simple conversation, I've noticed you've been doing X, Y, Z a little differently. Is everything okay? I just want to make sure you're okay because I love you. Mm-hmm. And those conversations can go far because even if your kid isn't ready or you took them off guard at that moment, they might come back later and come get you and talk with you. Sounds like the parent plays a very vital role because they're there and and they love them. They want them to succeed. If they notice these changes, there's some things that, that can be done. As a professional dancer, Alabama Virtual Academy student Dorothy travels around the world for country western ballroom competitions. Um, the real big thing that was, was I was blamed for things I never really did because I was different and the teachers just believed them without giving me any real benefit of the doubt. My wife and I were very upset. It started around kindergarten and went through second grade. And um, when some of it was based purely on race in in this time and age, it just wasn't acceptable. And we uh, went to the school, went to the 
vice principal, the principal, and even the school board, and nobody wanted to believe any of it, uh, that, oh, it doesn't happen here. It couldn't have happened here. And I'm like, well, she's coming home crying every day, saying the, you know, these things that she's getting blamed and she doesn't want to even come to school. And so, yeah, we were, we went through a gambit of how we felt and what we needed to do. And it's kind of where we started looking for other educational opportunities. Well, at first we weren't 100% certain, but uh, we knew we really didn't have any other options. And we knew this was an online public versus just a pure homeschool option. We didn't really want that. We wanted more structure. And in doing the research, we felt that what was K-12 now Stride gave her that structure that she still needed, as well as the opportunity to get away from some of the issues. Well, in the last five years, she's progressed quite well. She's uh, all A's and maybe a few B's. By being able to do some of the work on her own, she's gotten to progress on her own pace. Listen to your child. There is, even if you doubt, there's always a grain of something in there that you need to pay attention to. You know your kid best. Find, figure out what it's gonna take to support your child in becoming who they will be and, and, and moving forward. What are some things that has changed because of the pandemic when it comes to bullying? So obviously my perspective is from an online school, but I have worked in brick and mortar schools before coming to online. So I think the biggest thing that has changed for everyone is our change of routine and structure has basically just been thrown out the window. A lot of our safety nets and things that we are used to went away when the pandemic, everything closed down. So for some of our students who went to school and enjoyed that and had a great experience. They were doing online schooling and maybe that was sad for them and they're missing out on social time. But for other students who experienced bullying in the school setting, maybe found that online school was really a great fit for them. That's kind of an unexpected win for the pandemic and online learning that we have some students at our school, I know that they love it. They have found a place where they feel safe. They feel like they're learning more. Those distractions and anxieties that they might've had before are no longer present. So that's been wonderful. I also think that the students who were acting as a bully that are dealing with hurt and pain inside on their own, that doesn't go away just because they're not going to school and acting as a bully. So it's important to check in with your child, whether you think they are bullied or you think that they were acting as a bully. But I definitely just think that the ways we're interacting have changed. But for some students, that's been a good thing. They have found online learning. They might not have discovered that otherwise. But for other students, they are missing that social time. And it's important to get that as well. What happens if the tables are turned and we discover that our child is the one that's being the bully? What do we do then? It's a tough thing to come to terms with. As parents, we take it somewhat personally, like our child's behaviors are a reflection of what we've taught them or what we've done or what the kids have seen. But that's not always the case. Kids are exposed to so much more than just what they see in our house. They're exposed to any video they look up on YouTube or ears and other things. So I think it's it's hard for parents to come to terms with, you know, or just not take it as their fault when a child behaves or acts in a certain way. But the first step is just taking it seriously. There are many terrible effects if your child is bullying. And if it's not 
taken care of or addressed in a healthy way or talked through or that child seeks counseling or sees the consequences of their behavior, those behaviors will continue into adulthood and they'll learn to do those types of behaviors in the workforce and with their family members. And it's something when they're kids, it's so much easier to tackle and to teach them versus whenever they're older. So I definitely say just the first step is just to take it seriously. If you get a call from school or the neighbor mom comes over and says your child did something, you know, just have an honest conversation. Don't come so quick to defenses because it's so easy to do. Like my child would never say that or never do that. But go to your child and have a conversation instead of being heated at that person who told you or your child. Just be calm and talk it through because you definitely want to address it if it's true and actually happening. Yeah, I would say sometimes when I hear of a student that is acting like a bully, that to me is just as much of, as big of a red flag as when I hear that a student mm-hmm. is bullied, that there there's definitely something going on with your child if you hear that they're acting as a bully. And I think sometimes we rush to discipline when, you know, it's important to show that those behaviors are not okay and to set that boundary, but it's also important to provide help and support because there's, there's a reason for every behavior. So it's really important to kind of offer the support and help for students that act as a bully just as much as you would for a student who is bullied. Whitney, you mentioned a few things to look for specifically. What are some signs that if a parent is just going about their business and they're just raising their eyebrow a little bit about behavior? Yeah, there's quite a few subtle signs that you can see at home with your kid and how they might act, interact with other peers or, or siblings or even with you. I think one of the bigger first red flags that I notice in kids who are bullies is a lack of empathy. And some kids, it just needs to be taught and paid attention to. I know we all know really empathetic people, and it just comes naturally to them that they feel everything that everyone else is feeling, and they put themselves in those shoes immediately. But that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. So it just might be something that you have to have conversations with your kid. If they say or do something impulsively, and they didn't think about how that would hurt the other's feelings, that walking that through with them and asking things that might be more just common sense to you, but not to them. Like, how do you think that made that person feel? Why would we say that right now? Just talking and walking that through. And you can always talk to your school counselor or a local counselor about strategies to put that more in place or things to look for to teach empathy. But if your school does have a school counselor, they're hopefully learning things like that at school as well as their academic skills. You may also notice some other things like your child always wanting to be in control, wanting to know what's going on and having a say in what's going on constantly. They may often test limits, boundaries, break rules. They might be overly confident to a point where it's not healthy. Like we always want high healthy self-esteem and confidence, but if it's overly like, I'm always the best at math, like I'm always this. And you know, just, it's okay to to talk them through with that. Like, you know, there's always someone who's going to be a little bit better at math. So maybe you're the best in your group at school, but do we need to say that out loud? Because how is that going to make other people feel? And again, talking those things through that just don't always come naturally to some students. You may also see things like obsession with popularity that need to be seen as the best. Even if they say that they're best, they want others to see that too and, and may put others down as a result of that. Thank you, Whitney. Those are some interesting signs. You know, some of those are just childhood behaviors. So you've got to watch probably carefully. Definitely. To see if they're taken to an extreme. One of the guidance lessons that I teach in elementary school is even just the difference of mean and bullying and rude and throwing those in there and educating kids on those things. Because 
like you just said, a lot of these behaviors we'll see in a lot of kids and and sometimes kids are just saying something and they don't mean to be mean. And sometimes they're mean on purpose. They're not always repetitive or trying to gain control over other kids. So I think it's important for kids to recognize the differences and for parents to recognize those differences. So we're not throwing around the word bullying more than it has to be when it's not actually true. Well, that's an interesting thought to not throw that word around very much. Jackie, in your experience, have you had some situations where students and parents get together to discuss this? Yeah, definitely. At our school, when we notice a situation that looks like bullying or we have something reported to us that my student's being bullied, we always include the parents in that conversation because, as you mentioned before, they do play such a vital role in an online school. They're the ones who are there with their student at home. They know their student best. So there are times where we have to have those tough conversations of, well, here's the evidence that your student has been bullying. You know, here's what's been reported. We're pretty fortunate in our setting that we have a lot of those things. You know, we might have emails we could share or the chat that we have in our online platforms in our classrooms, teacher reports. We have a lot of that stuff that we can bring with us to meetings and say, this is what we're seeing. Have you had this conversation at home with your student? So it definitely helps to have that. And again, if it needs to escalate to our administration, we always get our principals involved too, just so everyone's on the same page and all students are getting what they need, whether they are the student being bullied or the one acting as a bully. And I've also had quite a few instances of witnesses, which we like to call them upstanders. So you don't want to be a bystander and just watch bullying happen. We teach our students to be upstanders. So do something, say something, if you see something happening that you know is bullying. So we have a lot of students that say, hey, I saw this in class. I think my teacher was busy teaching and didn't see it in the chat. I just wanted to make you aware. So that's been really awesome as well. I think we have, you know, wonderful students that come to online school kind of for that welcome reprieve that we mentioned in the, you know, ways that pandemic has changed bullying. As a parent, what's the first thing we can do? So obviously this month we're celebrating Bullying Prevention Month. And you mentioned before we we highlight it in October, but it's a theme we want to carry all months of the year. So I think teaching your children how to recognize it Like Whitney mentioned, it's not just a one-off situation of, oh, this student was mean to me. There's a lot of misunderstandings with students, especially I work with middle school students. There's a lot of things going on with them, a lot of peer interactions that are perceived maybe differently than they're intended. So it's important to notice that if the behavior is repetitive, if it seems to fall into one of those categories we talked about with the different types of bullying. So really just to be talking to your child, encourage them to be an upstander. So ways that you can do that if you are in person with a group of peers and you notice bullying, we teach students to be a buddy. So to not leave anyone out and to be there for them if you see, witness them being bullied or even just witness them in an uncomfortable situation that you see someone not being so nice to them. Be a buddy, ask them to come sit with you. We teach students to interrupt what we see happening. So maybe we're not comfortable confronting the bully and saying, hey, that's not nice or that's not cool. We don't do that here. That takes a lot of courage and not every student wants to do that or that might not be their personality to do that. But everyone can interrupt and say, hey, come on over and see what we're doing over here. You know, get that student out of the situation. Um, We definitely encourage that as well. And then always say something. Like I said, a lot of our students seem to be getting that message because I do hear from a lot of students that are saying something. They're doing the right thing, telling their counselor. So we just encourage a lot of those behaviors with our students. And I think parents could encourage the same thing at home. So we're all supporting students all the time. Very good. Thank you, Jackie. Whitney, what about you? Definitely. I agree with everything Jackie said, having lines of communication open and 
having the kids understand what bullying looks like and is, I think are two main, really important first steps so that they recognize it and then they tell someone because bullying is, is just too big of a thing for kids to always handle on their own. There's certain things they can do to ask people to stop, but if it continues, they need to tell a trusted adult either at school or at home so they can properly help them handle the situation. I've also noticed when I've worked with kids who have been bullied, some kids bounce back a little easier than others. Some kids are just have a buildup resiliency or just higher confidence that they're able to bounce back when someone is made them feel otherwise. And so we can always practice teaching our kids certain resiliency skills and helping build their confidence even outside of bullying because that'll help them whenever situations like this come up that they can bounce back a little better. Focusing on your kids' special interests and strengths really help in the long run. Ohio Virtual Academy student Austin is a smart, kind, and talented martial arts champion who has his sights set on the 2024 Paralympics in Paris. One good incident I remember was just throughout my year one through four, I was at the same school, so people knew me. Uh, I was great with everyone around, around that school, around my age. And then we went to a new school where all five schools went together. So this was a whole new environment for me, and I, I felt like an outcast. People just wouldn't associate themselves with me at all because I was different. Because, you know, I, I couldn't help my situation. You know, I was born without my arm. So it, I remember when I was younger, it was always, why me? I always asked, you know, my mom, like, why, why was I chosen for this? Why was I the one that had to deal with this issue? And that, that, that's kind of evolved into me realizing how much of a blessing it is. It's truly motivating to me, seeing other people around me that you know care about me, and that they motivate me more than they could ever know. So, in in a weird sort of way, bullying has has made me the person I am today. Something I really say is have a have a good mental state as always. That was something I really struggled with. I was always letting it get to my head, which led me to you know having really bad days, zoning out a lot and just me not really wanting to be in the moment. So for people that are experiencing bullying, I would honestly just say, you find the people around you that, that can help you clear your head, you know, get those bad thoughts out of your head and talk to your family if you can, talk to, you know, a professional and make sure you know how much you're worth. Make sure you know how all the good values you bring to the people around you, to the environment around you. I know that people who have a, great mindset can't can't be stopped by anything remember that our children see and watch everything that we do so we are our children's models they turn into little minimies which is usually great right but sometimes it's it's interesting the things they pick up on so just everything and the way we react to situations the calmness we present the confidence we present the understanding and empathy, all those things, our kids just really follow suit behind us. So just do your best. I'm sure a parent is listening to this right now. They are already doing amazing by just seeking out resources and learning more for themselves and their child, which is just wonderful. Thank you both, Whitney Cress and Jackie Snyder, for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you for your words of advice, and we encourage our families to search out more. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning, sponsored by Stride. 
To learn more about online public schools powered by Stride K-12, our Stride Career Prep programs that foster lifelong learning, or any of our private school or individual course offerings, please go to stridelearning.com or k12.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to leave us a good review. We hope you'll join us next time for K-12 on Learning.